Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different interests and we try to bring each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. And today is a sports episode, but for your guys' sake, there's no more drafts this week, so everything should be a little bit more friendly. I don't know if that's necessarily for my sake. I think it's more along the lines of there's just no draft this week. Yeah. Which is good. I figured we could start with discussing the NHL, A, because that's what I always want to do, and B, because we're about to head out of the regular season and into the playoffs. Are we, though? Because we're still waiting on Vancouver. Well... Here's the thing. Originally, they were saying that the playoffs were going to start on the 15th, which is very soon. But then they realized that one of the teams that has to play Vancouver is technically still in the running for that fourth spot. So they decided to wait till everyone played all 56 games. It kind of makes sense that they had to do that because technically Vancouver is still in the running to be a playoff team, even because though they haven't played so many have games. Because they have seven games in hand right now, and that would mean they could tie the team that's in fourth right now. Right. So, I mean... Not that they're going to do that, but... Probably not. Yeah. They're seventh in their division, which is the last spot in the north, so not going to happen. But also you have Montreal who has two games left, so I think technically if they win one of the two games, they're in for the playoffs. Got it. If my math is correct, who knows? You also have Calgary who has to play Vancouver, and they could possibly make it into the playoffs, but they have to win out and also have a better goal differential by the end of winning out. Yeah. Because they can only tie Montreal right now as it stands. So basically the two teams left that can make the playoffs beyond the Canadians have to be perfect. Pretty much. Awesome. Because you have Ottawa, who is closer to Montreal right now, but they also have two games in hand, but they're far enough back from Montreal that they can't catch up. They. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Ottawa already got eliminated this week. So. Which is so weird, because you have teams that are technically lower on the table than them, but because they have so many games in hand, they can make it up. Yeah. The North is a mess right now, and I kind of hate it because almost everyone else is just like, rip, raring to go, let's do it. Yeah. Like, you still have teams who have to play games, but after that, they're like, let's go. Well, like, speaking on the North subject, it's funny that, so Toronto clinched the division this week, and they're like, it's the first time we've clinched it in X amount of years, and I'm like, you're not playing in a real division. This whole season's going to have an asterisk next to it. I mean, that's also like saying that last year had an asterisk next to it, like... You're technically right that it's not, like, a regular season, but at the same time, like, Tampa Bay is still the Stanley Cup champion for 2020. Yeah. Even if you say Their names are still still on the Stanley Cup. Right. Yeah. Though I will say the thing that I don't like about the way they're doing the divisions right now is that that is too many Canadian teams going into the playoffs. (laughs) That's a fourth of the teams going into the playoffs are Canadian teams. Yeah, it's the first time they're going to have that number of odds since, like, the original six almost, like percentage-wise, so... I just feel like that gives them too many chances to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, to correct myself, the Maple Leafs, it's the first title in 21 years. Yeah, that's what happens when you play in real divisions normally, dude. Like, so, I, I don't know. I, I get it, like, it's a title, but, yeah. I mean, clinching the division, I actually think, is a bad thing going into the playoffs because usually those aren't the teams that win the Stanley Cup. 
I say as someone who is clenched to the east. Like, this <laughs> I was makes gonna me say, nervous. I'm like, your penguins are literally also in that boat. I don't like this boat. <laughs> Let me off. I mean, but I like beating the caps for anything. So, like, I don't care. Yeah. At the same time. And then the Hurricanes also clinched the Central Division this week. Uh, it's yep. their first title win since 2006, which was a Stanley Cup winning year for them. So... We'll see what else has happened in the Stanley Cup run. You had the Blues clinch a playoff spot, I believe, for the West this week. It closes up the West's bracket of four teams. So, But they also don't have a division winner yet. No, they do not. Which seems a little bananas to me. I feel like the West is always tighter than I think it should be. Well, there were only two points, I believe, last I checked between the Golden Knights and the Avalanche, so they're like right on top of There's each other. There's four, but Colorado has a game in hand. Okay. So Colorado still has to play three. The Blues still have to play three. And then everyone else has to play two for the division spot. And then also this week, the Bruins secured a spot and then jumped like way up in the group, like out of nowhere. Well, they're in third right now in the East. Yeah. But they're probably not going to make it any higher than that just because they have two games in hand. But if they win both games, they only match what the Washington Caps have right now. And Washington still has to play a game. Yeah. So most likely they're not going to go above the Caps. Yeah. Though they do have a better goal differential by five. And then the Central also got locked up this week. The Predators are the fourth team in the playoffs. So I'm on the outside looking in this year. I think the Central is the one that makes me most nervous because I don't want to play Carolina. Yeah. I don't want to play Tampa Bay. Don't want to play Nashville. Florida surprised me by making it that high into the Central, so they kind of make me nervous too. It's a Quinville team. You can never really count them out, and that's what's crazy about it, so... They finally gave him some player-making decisions, which he was not getting in the last couple of years in Chicago, and go figure, the Blackhawks didn't play well. Right. But now he is, and go figure, Florida is playing well. So, yeah, I, I really wouldn't want to have to be paired up against anybody in the Central Division right now. Like, Nashville is getting hot at the right time. Saros is just standing on his head. You know, it's, it's going to be weird. And then you still have Rene as the backup goalie. Yeah. Like, holy crap, if you could have a goalie pair, like, that would be one of the best. So. I don't know. I have a lot of superstitions when it comes to this time of the year. So it's like, I don't want anyone to say this about my team. I don't want my team to do this. And it's just like, it makes me nervous. Right. Even though, like, I'm happy we're in the playoffs, I'm also very nervous. (laughs) It kind of comes together this time of year for everybody. But this has all just been us talking without actually going through my notes, at least for me. So maybe I should actually start looking at my notes. Sounds good. (laughs) So for player health, I only have one thing, and it stems from that big brawl that happened. So Artemi Panarin will be out for the rest of the season, you know, like a week. For the Rangers with a lower body injury, he's going to miss the final three games for the season for the Rangers. Yeah, it kind of makes sense considering Tom Wilson literally shook him like a rag doll. Like, if you watch the video in slow motion, he's just like, it's just really I just think it's really stupid to be a fighter who pulls someone's hair. Like, he definitely pulled his hair. Oh, yeah. No question asked. I stopped doing that in middle school, so. Yeah, it's about time, Tom Wilson. Maybe you should grow up. Be better than a preteen girl. Right. Yeah, I literally have it in my notes as Tom Wilson fiasco. 
Oh my god, that was such a mess. It, it, it truly was. He was fined literally only $5,000 for punching a defenseless player, extracurriculars in the fight afterwards, and he caught a two-minute minor and a game misconduct. He didn't even catch a double minor or a major, which is right. crazy. My thing is, like, the brutality of the fight. Like, I've been watching videos this week of old hockey fights because that's who I am as a person. But <laughs> while I was doing that... I'm like, yeah, these are bad, but I don't see anyone, like, absolutely losing it. Like, it's just a thing that you did. It's part of your job, especially if you're an enforcer. But Tom Wilson seemed like he was unhinged. Yeah, he saw. He, was he just saw red. He didn't see anything else. And, like, I feel like there's a very big difference between I'm fighting because this is my job and I'm fighting because, like, I am unhinged. I am seeing red. I'm losing it. Yeah. And I feel like the brutality of the tag should do more than give him a $5,000 fine. And the fact that he didn't pick up a single suspension, their argument is, well, technically in the last so many months, he wasn't suspended. It's like, yes, he was. Literally earlier on in the season, he was suspended for multiple games for doing something similar to this. So it's like he is a repeat offender. The NHL literally completely mishandled this situation. I completely agree. And the Rangers were so fed up with it that they released a statement that literally were saying that head of player safety is a schmuck, basically, and incapable of doing his job. That's not quite how they put it. They they made it very professional, but yes, yeah. They basically said that George Paros, who's the director of the NHL Department of Player Safety, should be fired. Because he's not doing his job to protect the players. Right. And that actually led to the New York Rangers being fined $250,000 by the NHL for coming out and making that statement. Which is chump change in consideration to the value of the Rangers, but still. But if you're considering the fact that it is just a statement, a statement yeah. and considering how much more that is than the Tom Wilson fine, which is the, the actual problem start of everything. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I have a huge problem with not being able to come out and say, we think this is wrong and unfair and this guy needs to do a better job or get fired or whatever. I understand that this is so you don't undermine the league and, like, all that junk. But at the same time, it's like, but everyone agrees he wasn't doing his job. Right. So why are we being fined so much money? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only people that weren't agreeing that he wasn't doing his job were Caps fans, and that's pretty much it. Well, I can say most people are pretty blind to the things that their team does. And, like, I get that. Like, you love your team, so, like, you'll come up with ways to reason around it. You cannot look at the Tom Wilson incident, we'll call it, and go, yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine with what he did. Yeah. Like, slamming a player's head onto the ice, and he's just, like, laying there curled up in a fetal position practically. You're slamming his head into the ice. And then you start fighting everyone else. Yeah. And, like, I just have a real problem with this, and it is a player safety issue. And by no means, like, he he is completely a repeat offender, and I think that's the biggest issue with it more than anything, is that it was just mishandled based off of that. Like, you have instances like Rafi Torres was the same, let's just call him the same person as Tom Wilson, like, quality of player. He was suspended 41 games for an instance just like this. 41 And he didn't get a single game suspension. Well, I think you have to look at what the league looked like at that moment in time versus this moment in time. 
And, like, a lot of people say that nowadays it's a lot more, like, you can only fight for two seconds and, like, you don't actually get as many punches in and, like, fights don't look like that anymore. And so, like, when someone goes off like this, like, it's one out of how many fights. Yeah. Versus back then, it was a little bit worse. Like the Wild West. There were a lot more fights. And so it's like, we're going to make an example out of this guy so that you know you can't do this anymore. Yeah. We're reining it in. Whereas they don't need to make an example of Tom Wilson because it's not as big of a problem as it used to be. I just think it's not okay to be the head of player safety and come out and not defend the second highest paid player in the NHL right now. Like Artemi Panarin is the second highest paid player in the NHL and he just got thrown about like he was a child. Well, I have less of a problem with Tom Wilson's interaction with Artemi Panarin because he was less of a defenseless person at the moment the conflict was happening than the original guy who got his head slammed into the ice. Yeah, Rusnevich. I can never say his name. Yeah, it's okay. It took me about eight times to try to even kind of get it right. And this all happened on Monday, and everyone's still sort of in an uproar about it almost a full week later. Yeah. As of our recording. I literally was contemplating us just recording a mini-sode just about this because I knew it was going to be long-winded. But it got crazier because in the next game, it was the first game back for TJ Oshie, which started with, what was it, 25 minutes worth of penalties with game misconducts included in the first 30 seconds of the game. It was pretty bad. It ended up having 114 penalty minutes in the game itself. And the joke at that it's point is like... It's almost two hockey games worth of penalties? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insanity. One of which, Pavel Bisnevich was suspended one game for high-sticking Anthony Mantha after Anthony Mantha had already, like, I wouldn't quite call it slashing, but it was definitely a hard poke check, you know, coming down from Mantha earlier on in that play. And it's just like, oh, so you'll give a high-sticking call that was blatant, but... Uh, a one-game suspension, but you won't give what should have been blatantly at least a five-game suspension minimum. Right. A five-game suspension. And it's just like... I feel like the reason that he got a suspension at all versus... Because it was retaliatory. Is because it was retaliatory. So it's like you cannot retaliate for something that happened in another game because that leads to a lot more like... I feel like brutal fights. Yeah. And so I feel like that's the only reason he got a suspension. But the thing that blows my mind is that under the CBA and based on his salary, Bushnevich ended up forfeiting $20,017.24. That makes sense. That is almost six times what Tom Wilson got. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that the way the money works is like a mathematical system and like you plug in the numbers and that's what you owe them. But at the same time, it's like, how does this make sense? Yeah. Given what the penalties were and the fights and how everything worked, how does this make sense? At $5,000, I'm willing to go back to the enforcer era where just you have a guy that beats everybody up on the opposing team. I mean, I feel like your enforcer... I feel like at that point, your enforcer needs to make more money to compensate for the fact that he's going to be losing money almost every game. Yeah. Not really every game, I would hope. but Yeah. Maybe if it's odd still the point you know like it's almost to the point where you're rewarding people to be violent it's not really a penalty for somebody like wilson to lose five thousand dollars that's like pennies yeah of his contract but the lighter news of that series it was an ugly one by no means but as i was saying tj oshi did have a hat trick in the second of the two game series yeah 
It was the first game he came back from after his dad had passed away at a fairly young age of 56. Yeah. So to be able to even come back and play the same week after your dad passes away, I couldn't fathom to have the concentration ability to score a hat trick. But good on him. Like, Didn't it's crazy. he have people telling him not to come back yet? Oh, yeah. He was like, no, I need to. Yeah. Okay. Like, I need to come back and play for my team. Because that's yeah. just the way TJ Oshie is. He was that way with the Blues as well. It's just kind of always his, his mantra is to, I'm here for the team situation. You know, they're like my family too. Which I think is a great thing to have as a hockey player. But at the same time, it's like, dude, your dad just passed away at an unbelievably young age. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> Kudos to him on the performance. Staying on the subject of the Rangers, though, the Rangers also fired their general manager this week, as well as their president. Yes. GM Jeff Gorton and President John Davidson were both terminated this week. Yeah, so. on Wednesday. So a couple days after that game, one day after they made that statement about the player safety guy. And I feel like this was as a result of that, but they've come out and said, no, this is based on play for this year and blah, 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 blah. But like, it's a solid argument. The Rangers really have not performed to the level that they should based on the amount of talent they have on that team. So, or the amount of money they're spending. Right. But at the same time, it's like, that looks like what happened was. Yeah, it was pretty poorly timed. You guys fired these people because. They stood up for the team. And it went over very poorly, and they lost the organization a lot of thousands of dollars, and it just, it doesn't look good. Uh, they did name Chris Drury the head of both of those roles now. Yes, yeah, so he's president and GM of the organization right now. I don't know if that's going to change before the During next the season, off season starts. More than but likely. that's his role at the moment. That's a lot of, lot of role for one person. Everyone likes bread. Yeah. God. <laughs> Gonna, we're going to title the episode, Everybody Loves Bread, and nobody's going to understand why until it gets to that point. But we also had more people getting suspended for crap. So let's run through them. That's good, because I don't have any of that. <laughs> this is one guy whose name I said wrong last week, and I will probably say it wrong again this week, because I don't learn my lessons. Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Shane Gostisbehere. Sure. It's a different pronunciation than you gave last week. I'm impressed. I'm trying. Has been suspended for two games without pay for boarding Penguins defenseman Mark Friedman during the game on Tuesday, May 4th. Under the current terms of the CBA and based on his average annual salary, he will forfeit $77,586.20. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest like fine this week. I would almost arguably say probably this year shy of the one that the Rangers just caught. Well, it's two things. So it's multiple games, yeah. but also he apparently makes a lot of money. Yeah. So that's why. And the other suspension for the week that I have is Vancouver Canucks forward Zach McEwen has been suspended for one game without pay for kneeing Edmonton Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse during the game on Thursday, May 6th. Under the CBA and based on his average annual salary, he will forfeit $7,112.07. In that game, they went back and forth taking borderline penalty shots against each other almost the entire game. The knee itself wasn't even the original penalty call. It was a high stick in that play, and then they kind of rewound that back, and they're like, oh, that was a knee on knee, and it looked borderline intentional. So they're like, bum, bum, bum. Well, knee on knee can get pretty bad as far as... Creating a bunch of injuries. Yeah. 
serious I, injuries. It's it's just hard to prove that it's intentional because it hurts both players. Like a knee on knee hit is not good for either player. Like they're two very hard surfaces colliding into one another, and it's not not okay. Unless one of them has had knee replacement surgery. And they have a metal knee? Yeah. Yeah, they're robots. Also this week, we had some like record-setting experiences go on in the game. So obviously you had Marc-Andre Fleury surpass uh, Roberto Luongo. I almost said Robert Luongo because of you. <laughs> You're welcome. For the sole possession of third most wins as a goalie all time. So good for Flower, moving on up from fourth to third. Permanently his own space. And then Anze Kopitar also gained his thousandth career point with an assist. He becomes the fourth player in franchise history to reach that milestone in a Kings jersey. So they're not counting like the great one when he came to actually play for the Kings. They're just including the players that have done it as a whole career with the Kings. So congratulations, Anze Kopitar. I had to clarify that because it was messy otherwise. There's a lot of players that have reached a thousand points that wore Kings jerseys. But in the news of COVID, because as if the Avalanche didn't have enough goalie problems, the goalie that they just traded for, Devin Dubnik, tested positive for COVID-19 this week and will be out 10 to 14 days. That's what they're expecting right now. Obviously, if he has like a bad set of the COVIDs, he will probably be out for a longer period of time than that. But that's what they're aiming for, 10 to 14 days. I think it will be longer. The only good news for them is that Grubauer is back, so like they have their starting goalie back, so that's the saving grace. I don't have a ton of news out of the NFL, and I don't know if you do, but it seems like it's mostly people speculating about the next season, which is not news. Pretty much. But for player health, I have the Broncos right tackle Juwan James suffered a torn Achilles while working out away from the team facility. And he could miss the 2021 season entirely. More will be known about the timeline for his return following surgery, but sounds pretty bad. Well, torn Achilles usually are pretty bad. Yeah. Especially for a guy that has to support the weight of a lineman and then also support the weight of a lineman on top of that, trying to push him back. The Baltimore Ravens have signed former Steelers offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva. Nailed it. To a two-year, $14 million deal with $8 million guaranteed. Yeah. That's more than half. That is a lot of million. Yeah. They're bringing him in to obviously build a little stronger pocket around Lamar Jackson, who... I mean, obviously. Yeah. Totally knew that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. There was actually a video that surfaced recently of Lamar Jackson going up to a random person on the street and going, do you know who I am? And all I could think was my wife would not know who he is. <laughs> but I don't know who anyone is. It's okay. Uh, also this week, the Dolphins signed cornerback uh, Jason McCourty to a one-year deal. The details weren't released, so we don't know how much money he's making. But More than $5. I would imagine, because the league minimum is quite a bit more than $5. So you're saying I'm right. Yes. Also, another cornerback that was signed was Casey Hayward. He signed with the Vegas Raiders to a one-year $4 million contract. He was previously a Chargers cornerback, so it's kind of weird to ever see like people going back and forth. It's kind of like Penguins and the Flyers. Like You just don't do it, unless you're Ron Hextall, in which case then you did do that. It was a choice. Yeah. The Lions have made Frank Ragnow the highest paid center in the NFL by extending him through 2026. 
The extension is worth $13.5 million per year, which comes out to roughly $70 million total. Nice. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know what a center does. Probably not the same thing as in hockey. He hikes the ball to the quarterback and blocks people that try to tackle the quarterback. So he's the one that starts the play. Yes. So it's his fault whenever the timer runs out and they get a flag for delay of game. Sometimes. It just depends because it's his job to also listen to the quarterback for the basically the signal to hike the ball. Couldn't he just do it? He could. But, <laughs> Does he really need but that to go usually, ahead? But that usually causes more problems than a penalty in most instances. <laughs> Clearly, I should be in charge of football. Yep, definitely. If that's the one thing we learned from today, that's it. <laughs> also this week, Rob Gronkowski donated $1.2 million to renovate a Boston playground. The playground will be named Gronk Playground. <laughs> of course it will be. Because we live in a cartoon now. Yes. I just love that that's the creative name. Like, they could have come up with so many different things. It could be, like, Gronk's Play Place. Like, I feel like that would be better than Gronk Playground. Gronk Play at Playground. Yes. The Cowboys uh, remain the world's most valuable sports team with a value of $5.6 billion. How? That's $0.2 billion more than they were last year. How? Bigger than football teams in the sense of, like, soccer in the world as well. No, how? Because, like, they don't win things? No. How are they worth so much money? Their fans buy jerseys almost every year. They have the largest stadium, so in turn they sell out that stadium every year, even though they're team. Bandwagon jumpers. Well, no, football's big in Texas. I think that has a lot to do with it. I also feel like there's not a lot of football around here besides them. So if you're outside of the, like, Louisiana pocket, you're just going to be a Cowboys fan. Well, either that or the Texans, which, you know, right now you kind of don't want to be a part of that fan base. I never wanted to be a part of that fan base. Uh, The NFL also announced this week that it will allow teams to host their summer training camps away from their main facilities if teams send a plan to the NFL and it gets approved by June 11th. They did that last year, obviously, because of COVID. They forced them to train at the team facilities during offseason. But the NFL usually allows teams to train elsewhere if they want to. So that's a thing that's happening. In the MLB, I actually have more than I had in the NFL, which is weird. But mostly because people got hurt. So I don't know that that's a good thing. Yeah, I had some pretty crazy injuries as well this week. So Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs has been put on the 10-day IL with a left rib contusion. Yeah, he ran into another player trying to make a catch. Good job. It was really ugly, actually. I'm shocked that it was just a contusion and not broken. But his IL stint is backdated to Tuesday, May 4th, which is the longest allowable under MLB rules, meaning he is eligible to return on May 14th. Roberto Perez has had finger surgery and is expected to be out for 8 to 10 weeks. In order to stabilize the fracture, he needed to have three pins inserted into his hand. He first suffered the injury on April 13th in Chicago. That's awful. Like, having pins in your hand, that just does not sound pleasant. Well, and his team didn't sound like they were super excited about the timeline for his return. They were saying, this is months, not weeks, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're right, eight weeks is months. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like they seem more pessimistic about his timeline for return. And then we had some good old hit-by-pitch moments because it wouldn't be baseball if it wasn't. 
you had Ronald Acuna Jr. last night hit by a 97-mile-an-hour fastball on his left hand. He's listed day-to-day with a left pinky finger contusion after x-rays showed that he didn't break a bone. I just can't fathom being hit directly in the hand by almost a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Better than that guy who got in the face last week. Yeah, but he also only had a bruise. It's crazy. Like, bones just don't break, it seems, for these guys, but... Also this week, Joey Votto uh, will end up missing one month after being hit by a pitch resulted in him fracturing his left thumb. That happened from a Chicago pitcher, and I'm sorry, from the White Sox. My bad, Joey Votto. Was it one of your guys? Yeah. Because you have multiple Chicago teams. You weren't very clear there. Yeah, it, it was a White Sox pitcher that did the damage. That's too bad. Yeah. You also had twin center fielder Byron Buxton headed to the 10-day IL after an MRI revealed a grade 2 right hip strain. It turns out he won't need surgery, but there's still no timetable for his return. Whenever I hear anything beyond grade 1, I'm like, oof. It's not like cancer. Yeah. Where, like, the higher the number, the worse it is. And, like, that's true, but it's not, like... It's life-ending. Also this week, Oakland A's pitcher will be out for an unknown amount of time due to fracturing his pinky finger while playing video games. What? Yeah. I didn't include his name because I felt like it was kind of already embarrassing enough. What did you do? He banged it against a desk, I guess. I don't know. That's, That's just so what happened. Stupid. He was set to start pitching that game and uh, pregame he did the thing. Turns out video games are worse for you than getting struck by a 90-whatever mile 97-mile-an-hour pitch. Pitch. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That would never be a bet I would normally take. (laughs) And then the heartbreaking news for the White Sox, the injury came back for Luis Roberts' MRIs, and he will miss three to four weeks with a torn hip flexor. See, that's what you need to watch out for, not grades of strains and stuff. Like, the word torn is bad. (laughs) Usually speaking, yes. That sucks. Nothing like losing the previous year's runner-up for Rookie of the Year. It's not really a I mean, I would say it's worse if you lose the one who actually won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, but still. <laughs> On Friday, May 7th, the Angels acquired catcher Drew Butera from the Rangers in exchange for cash considerations. The Angels manager, Joe Madden, said the move to trade for Butera was made in response to depth issues in the catcher position. It's all about the depth. Well, you got to have it in a year like COVID where you could literally lose somebody for 14 days just because they were near somebody that was sick. Well, the pandemic is still happening, whether people want to admit it or not. It's true. Very, very true. And this week, Miguel Cabrera passed Babe Ruth on MLB's hit list. His second inning single in Friday's game against the Twins was the 2,873rd hit of his career. And then he added another single in the fourth inning to bring his total to 2,874, which had him moving into the 45th spot all alone. Oh, man. He had been on the brink of tying Ruth since April 27th. I feel like that's a long time. It is a long time. Yeah. Also this week, Max Scherzer became the fifth pitcher in MLB history to throw 110 strikeout plus games. Kudos to him on joining that group of elite pitchers. As well this week, Josh Hader of the Brewers became the fastest pitcher to 400 strikeouts in MLB history. Don't be a hater. (laughs) Don't be a hater. He completed the feat in 234 and two-thirds innings. 
So the previous record was held by somebody with four more innings worth of thrown pitches. So just squeaked right in there. And then we had two no hitters this week. Kind of crazy. I felt like when we first started doing this podcast that no hitters were like a big deal because they never happened. And now I know of at least four that have happened in the past year. Four that have happened this season, not even the whole year. Then I'm not paying close enough attention because I'm including the one that happened on your birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Which Um, was last season. Correct. So you had John Means earlier in the week become the third pitcher to throw a no-hitter this season. It is the 10th in Orioles franchise history, and they threw it against the Seattle Mariners. So good on him. And then you had Wade Miley. I want to say that it was either yesterday or the day before that, so Saturday or Friday that he threw this one, and he became the fourth pitcher to throw a no-hitter this season. It's the 17th for the Reds franchise. This is the second time, though, this season that the Indians have been no-hit, the first one being done by Carlos Rodon of the Chicago White Sox. The Indians on the receiving end of half of the no-hitters this season so far. That's kind of rough. Sometimes you just hit nothing. Clearly. And then this week as well, the Los Angeles Angels announced that they are going to be parting ways with Albert Pujols' contract. This was the final season of his 10-year, $240 million contract. They just basically came to the conclusion that they weren't using him as a DH anymore or at first base because they had a better first baseman who was younger and was playing better. And uh, Otani has been just phenomenal in DH, so it's like, you're here, but why? Uh, So they cut him. Which is sad because Pujols has been around for a while, and I know you like to make fun of his name sometimes too, so. Just in private. Yeah. And I think once on the podcast. Right. And then in funnier news in the world of baseball, former player and team manager Bobby Valentine announces he's running for mayor of his hometown of Stamford, Connecticut. What qualifications does this man have? He was a manager of a baseball team? So he should be mayor? Sure. He manages his people. It's the same thing. Is the town as small as a baseball team? No, Stanford, Connecticut is a pretty large town. So maybe don't make him mayor. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of hoping he wins. <laughs> I might have some shirts printed up, Bobby Valentine for mayor. But in the world of COVID news uh, for baseball, five of the 30 teams have reached MLB's requirement of 85% of players and on-field personnel being vaccinated. This allows those teams to not be required to wear masks in the dugout and looser restrictions when traveling away from their home field games. So, like, they'll be able to go out to, like, team dinners. They'll still have to be private, like, meals, but they'll be able to go to, like, restaurants together as a team, which is a change. And also this week, there was only technically one positive test. It wasn't part of an MLB organization. It was part of an off-site training facility team member, so it wasn't a player at all. Um, So technically no positive COVID-19 test for the player test this week. Uh, which was 10,330 tests that were given this week. So that's good news for baseball. No players getting the COVIDs. In the NBA, all I have is injuries, two injuries. So hopefully you have more from the NBA. I have a little bit more. I also have the playoff qualification stuff. Ah, okay. The New Orleans Pelicans' Zion Williamson will be out indefinitely with a fractured ring finger. Pelican's left ring finger, no less, so he can't get married right now. I don't think that's going to be the main thing he's worried about right now. Yeah. Pelican's vice president of basketball operations, David Griffin, blames the NBA and its officiating for the injury. 
blaming them for not doing more to protect their franchise player. He said, quite frankly, he's injured now because of the open season that there's been on Zion Williamson in the paint. I kind of agree and kind of disagree with him. It's like Zion Williamson is a player that's going to battle it out in the paint. What do you expect to happen? It's going to be more physical. You're trying to fight to the closer portion of the basket. I mean, if it's similar to in hockey, if Hornquist got injured at the front of the net, like, yeah, you're where the action happens. Yeah. Of course you're going to get injured. So, like, it doesn't make any sense to me to be like, the officiating is the problem. Like, don't get me wrong, people want to shut down Zion because it's like, I shut down Zion, I I blocked a shot or whatever. But at the same time, it's just like, he's not being treated any differently than any of the other big guys that are in the league going and do dunks and layups and charging the basket. Like, it's not any different. So, like, I, I really think he needs to get off his high horse a little bit there on that subject. And the last NBA injury I have is that Golden State Warriors forward Kelly Ubri Jr. has been playing with a torn ligament in his left wrist, as well as a fracture of the hand. He'll be examined further to determine if he can continue playing. He reportedly aggravated his wrist on April 9th, missing five games. He then returned for five games before returning to the sideline. I was going to say, we talked about him playing with a contusion in his finger, I think last week, as well as the broken part of whatever his hand is but yeah the new the new problem is interesting i expected him to be out due to the hand issue more so than the wrist stuff but still it just bothers me that players do this like i feel like it has something to do with their ego like the team can't win without me and it's like you're not that special you can be replaced in a minute (laughs) he's pretty special (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say that about Kelly Oubre, but... um, I'm just saying, like, a lot of people want to play in the NBA. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to find people to move up. I don't know about his caliber of play, obviously. But I'm saying, like, that spot can be filled. Yeah. (laughs) Not necessarily at the same caliber. Well, I definitely thought you were checking two of the three injuries off of the ones I had, but I have two more to add to yours. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton will be out the remainder of the season after he hyperextended his left leg. No, sir. Yeah. As somebody who's hyperextended anywhere related to your leg, as you have, it's not a blast. I just hope he has better doctors than I had, because I still have knee problems at almost 32 years old, and the injury happened when I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Dennis Schroeder of the Lakers will be out 10 to 14 days due to health and safety protocols. They're not calling it a COVID problem. They're just saying health and safety protocols, whatever that means. They're not really giving any reasons beyond it. So interesting, weird thing that the Lakers are doing. But we do have some more teams that clinched playoff spots this week. In the East, the Milwaukee Bucks joined the 76ers and the Nets. Uh, They've won four games in a row, so they're getting hot right at the right time, getting to the end of the season. Uh, And in the West, we added the Clippers and your favorite Denver Nuggies in there in fourth place. So... When do their playoffs start? Probably about the same time as the Hockey League starts now because of Vancouver, but uh, it was supposed to be about two weeks later. So At probably... least your mom will be back home and we can just be a sports house at that point. Her yeah. vacation will be over. Yeah. But this week we also had some record-setting performances. Uh, Russell Westbrook, the ex-Oklahoma City Thunder player that your grandmother loves so much, 
Well, not now that he's not playing for her team anymore. I don't know. I think she still likes him as a player. Like conversationally, she's talked about him with me. So he tied Oscar Robertson for all-time lead in triple doubles with 181 career triple doubles. You know what triple doubles are, right? No, but I want to pretend like I do. Triple doubles. So a hundred two pointers. No. <laughs> I don't know. So triple double means that you have in three categories double digits in a game. So I feel like you've explained this to what, me before. What three categories do you think would be included in the double digit categories for a game? In Assist. basketball. Yes, it's one of them. Uh three pointers. No. Two pointers. No. Just points in general. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you have points and assists. What would be the third one in an NBA game? Free throws. <laughs> Those are points. I don't know. Rebounds. Jeez Louise. Ugh. I, I'm not making any headway, guys. I'm sorry. I feel like this is one of the sports that I'm like least interested in, along with baseball, probably. Yeah. He finished Saturday's game with 33 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists. To tie the record, so he's probably will beat it this year. He's just kind of on that pace, so. I just don't know why you would make rebounds a category. Because it's an important statistic in basketball. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> it's lost on you, I understand. Carm- I was just cleaning up the garbage, I don't get it. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony moved into the 10th on all-time points list. He only has under 100 points left to move into ninth place overall as well. So that's an easier one to grasp, just all-time scoring, basically. Uh, Also this week, the NBA announced that they had fined both Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets $35,000 each for violating media access policies related to Kyrie repeatedly refusing to partake in post-game interviews. Fun. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the second time they've been fined this season. Uh, They were already fined $25,000 each earlier in the year. Why don't they just do what that one guy did, where you go to the interviews and go, I'm just here so we don't get fined. Yeah. That's your answer to that. Marshawn Lynch, yeah. 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 Do that. That's fun. It's interesting. And he literally would just wait for all the questions to be done, and just every single question would be like, I'm only here so that we don't get fined. And then he'd (laughs) wave, like, to the friggin' reporters. It was so savage. I'm sorry. But seriously, like... I like when weird things happen in the interviews. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorites is, was it Tortorella yeah. answered a reporter's phone because they were recording from their phone. And it was ringing. And their mom called them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's amazing. I love when weird stuff like that happens. Uh, the New York Knicks defeated the Grizzlies, guaranteeing them their first winning season in eight years. The Knickerbockers are not the laughing stock of the NBA. They still have the laughing stock name, but... I was going to say, with a name like that, are you sure? Yeah. Um, staying on the subject of the Knicks, they also agreed to a four-year, $13.6 million contract for Luca Vildoza. Uh, he played in the Spanish Basketball League, which is very commonly, like, the second tier of professional basketball in the world. Like, they're, they're very competitive in Spain for basketball. I didn't know that. Well, now you do. But did you have some sweet MLS news? I absolutely do not. Fantastic. Nothing has happened. That I means... Mean, Teams have played, yes. some of them winning games and some of them losing games, but besides that, there's no news. Okay, so it's the MLS. I mean, they've had some weird stuff happen over the past roughly a year we've been doing this podcast, so it's not like you can just say that. It's true. There's just no news this week. Well, then we'll get on to the real soccer news. 
that I know you're looking forward to talking about so much. I mean, we are getting closer to the end of the season, so I feel like there's a decent amount of stuff happening. Yeah. So in the international soccer world, particularly the German Bundesliga, Bayern Munich was named ninth straight season champions with your victory over Red Bull Leipzig. It wouldn't have mattered, though, because we beat Mönchengladbach 6-0, which would have wrapped it up just the same for us. But I appreciate your team helping out. You're welcome. Yeah. Also this week, during that game against Mönchengladbach, Robert Lewandowski became one goal away from the single-season goal record. He has two more games to score two goals to take the record away from Gerd Muller for all-time goals in a single season. So there's a chance that a record might be set by Lewandowski later this week, quite possibly. But the standings have been interesting in the Bundesliga. Because of your victory, Dortmund has solidified their chances of a Champions League spot, not a Champions League playoff spot. So you guys, if you win or draw at least one more game this season, you're in the Champions League again. So congratulations, you guys are just right there. Red Bull Leipzig will be in second place as it finishes out more than likely uh, with 64 points. You have Wolfsburg in third with 60 points, Dortmund in fourth with 58 points, and Frankfurt rounding off the top five with 57 points. The two teams that are more than likely going to be relegated, barring any craziness, will be Schalke with 13 points on the season and Kohn with 29 points. Byfield Armenia is right there with them, uh, only at 30 points. So there's a chance that, you know, maybe Kohn can scoot up just a little bit and get out of that relegation zone. The bottom five teams are all within, realistically, from Kohn, four points apart. So if FC Kohn pulls off two miracle games, they could be out of relegation. But chances are pretty slim. And in the Premier League world, Manchester City still hasn't quite wrapped it up, but they're not that far off either. They lead currently with 80 points. You have Manchester United with 70 points in second place. Uh, They did wrap up a pretty good win today, so kudos to Manchester United on that. Chelsea is in third with 64 points. Leicester City in fourth place with 63 points. And West Ham is currently in fifth, but they're losing 1-0 to Everton with 58 points. But thanks to the victory of Newcastle United over Leicester City being a 4-2 victory, we have moved all the way up into 14th place, which has us now 12 points outside of the relegation zone, which has saved Newcastle for another season. So we've just hung right in there one more year. I swear, your team is just hanging on by a thread and gets there right at the last minute. Mm Mm-hmm. Every year we kind of just start to either rally for a bunch of wins or just enough to get by. I'm hoping we figure out the ownership problem this offseason, so maybe we can have somebody that spends a little more money on us than you Mike call Ashley. You an ownership problem. Here's the thing. You have owners, and I feel like you think that's your problem. They are. Because they're they not don't spending spend the money, any money you want them to spend. They're not spending any money in comparison to other teams that are literally coming out of the English Championship or spending more money on rosters than Newcastle United is, which is stupid. I mean, you're that low in the table. You want them to spend money on you. Why don't you start performing better? But or, how can you perform you better can... if you don't have the right players because you're not spending any money? I know both sides of the argument. Yeah. You look at Manchester City. For the longest time, they were in the Premier League, but they weren't anywhere near the top of the table. And then new ownership came in and spent bank. And now they're one of the most profitable and valuable organizations in the Premier League. So it's like... 
Because people know how to jump on bandwagons. Because they know how to spend money and win games. And in turn, fans drive to them. Because they're winning games. Correct. And not because they're actual real fans. I don't know that that's 100% correct. I will fight Man City fans, don't worry. (laughs) I know you will. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the sports news, unless you have something else. That's about it. The only other thing is that we are taking a week off because your mother is coming to visit us as a post-Mother Day treat, I guess. Yeah. So we will not be here for the next set of podcasts. Um, However, we will still do a book episode on Thursday, so look forward to that. Yes, this Thursday there's still a book episode, and then we'll have our break. Yep, and then we'll catch you the week after the break week. But we're planning on having some fun times with your mom, so we will still be posting on social media. So make sure you guys are checking all of that out. The links will be in the show notes. And we'll catch you on Thursday for the book episode. Bye, guys. Bye.